0: Welcome back, community group leaders, to this episode of the Deeper Podcast, where we partner with you as you help lead your groups to deepen the relationship with God, His Word, and people. My name is Jeremy Wynn. I'm the host of the Deeper Podcast, and joined by Brian Trias. Brian, it's been a little bit, but it, it's good to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm excited to do this. It's always fun. I hope people are watching this like visually because you look nice. You just got a haircut. I've literally
1: never been told I've looked nice before, thank you. I'm sure
0: your wife has said that. You (laughs) you look good. (laughs) She doesn't count. Um, So normally when I have someone on the podcast that's not Joe, I like to do something to try to have people get to know that person better. So did I ask you any questions or anything ahead of time? Today? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, what do you think we should do to have people get to know you better? I don't know. I'm kind of up for anything. Okay. I've got an idea. Okay. So Sure you do. I'm sure it's very well planned. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, Brian, I talked to the people that you oversee, and I asked them to share a sentence of why they are <laughs> thankful for you. <laughs> okay. So, Brian, here we go. Okay. The first person said, I'm thankful that Brian listens, always gives great wisdom, and remains calm in adversity. Okay. Next person said, I'm thankful for Brian's ability to be compassionate while still being honest. I'm also thankful for his Conor McGregor walk just to keep things light.
1: Oh, I know who said that. Okay,
0: that one kind of gave that one away. Yep. Here's the next one. I'm thankful that Brian is steady and faithful, whose heart for the Lord is evident in how he lives out truth and grace. Next person said, I'm thankful that Brian always considers the ripples that his decisions might make for others. Next person shared, I'm thankful for Brian's steadfast leadership, but more importantly, the rapport he builds with each one of us. Next person shared, I'm thankful for Brian because I can trust that he will say and do the right thing, even if it is hard or costs him personally something. Next person shared, I'm thankful for how Brian always seeks to lead our church into doing the best things we can and doing them with integrity. And the last person I have is, uh, I'm thankful for Brian's bravery. You are willing to step into uncomfortable or difficult situations and be a speaker of truth and wisdom. So, Brian, I'm going to give you this. There's no names associated with okay. it. Okay, well, you thank keep you. It. Uh, but, man, we just want you to know just how thankful we are for you, and we not only respect you, but we love you, and we're just thankful for your role in our church and in our staff lives.
1: Oh, that's wow. completely unexpected and a little bit overwhelming. So, humbling. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Brian, uh, with that, now we have work to do, apparently. <laughs> okay, we got work to do. <laughs> okay, well, and I will not we're... do my Conor McGregor walk, not on camera. So. <laughs> Sometime, though. Sometime. You know, most of the community group leaders are probably like, who's Conor McGregor? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, who, now that you've teased that, who is Conor
1: McGregor? He's a UFC fighter. He's, he's Irish, and he has a lot of bravado. And his walk is more of a strut, and um, I can imitate it.
0: So, is he still a fighter? Like, he lost several. I think he, I I don't watch him for the
1: fighting. I just like to watch him walk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 28. And there's really like three big passages within this. Yeah. So can you just give us a little bit of background and context as we prepare to jump into the passage? And, and also give us a little context on what happens right after this as well.
1: Yeah. And so Jesus has done a lot of ministry with his disciples, done a lot of stuff in, in, in Galilee and Capernaum and Nazareth and... And in the passage we're going to get to, he's kind of moved away from the crowds, moved away from kind of even where most of the Jewish people lived, and he's in a region called Caesarea Philippi, which is a very pagan place. It was ruled by Herod's brother, Philip, which is how they get Philippi. Um, Yeah, pagan place away, and Jesus is about to turn his face towards Jerusalem. Like he is about to head toward his final weeks of his um, life before he dies and, and resurrects. Um, and so he's he's getting ready, he's getting prepared for that. And immediately after the context of our passage, we'll have the transfiguration, where he goes up on a mountain and kind of reveals even more so who he is than he does in the passage today uh, to a few of the disciples. But we're really kind of between uh, what he has been doing to really moving toward what he came to do.
0: Let me read the passage then. We're in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 28. It says this... <laughs> Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom.
1: Hmm.
0: Lots there, lots to wrestle with, and we'll get into some discussion questions in a moment. And I love how in your discussion questions it, it helps. I think it's going to help our leaders be able to get their arms around this passage, not have it be overwhelming. Yeah. That said, what would you say is the big idea or takeaway you really want to make sure that community groups and group leaders take from this passage.
1: Yeah, I honestly, and this is probably not a great answer to your question. I I just don't think you can have one. Okay. I, I think there's there's really three scenes, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in the message. But each of them really has their own big idea. And so that that first one, I mean, Jesus asks the question himself, who do you say that I am? and we need to walk away from that passage with an understanding of who Jesus is that we don't get to define him we don't get to make him in our image we we are called to accept him as he has been revealed to us by the father and that he that he is the Christ the son of the living god and that's that really is the takeaway and i think that is worth memorizing and saying over and over again you you go to that second movement and it's <clears throat> we tend to want to take what we believe, but then still have it fit into our worldview. And um, when he says to Peter, you're really setting your your mind on the things of man, not on the things of God, that's that's convicting, that we have to um, continually, daily, look to the things of God, not the things of man, and then in the end, it really is the cost of discipleship, and it's costly, and we don't like to talk about that very often, but I think it's good to continually wrap our mind around when I say that He is the Son of the living God, Christ the Son of the living God, what does that mean for my life, and am I willing to live life as He says it?
0: Let's jump into the questions then. So um, in the sermon, you give those three different questions of who do you say he is, what do you want, Mm -hmm. and then is he worth it? And you threw out around maybe a couple other questions to ask, but what I really like about how we do our line series is that the the message on the weekend, it has its place. I mean, it's really good. You get a lot of good information. You're able to wrestle through it. You're in God's word. But in community groups, that's where you're able to take that and really wrestle through it in the context of community. And so I love being able to take those same questions you ask on the weekend. Have people process through it and then go vulnerable within their groups and really wrestle through it. So we're going to go through those three questions Great. and and talk about it. The first one that you had is, "Who do you say he is?" Um, you and I, we would not be uh, in our roles <laughs> if we uh, said he's not, yeah, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, the the Son of the Living God. That said, that's not where everyone is is at even in, in our community groups. Yeah. So how would you coach leaders that as they have spectrums of people in their their journey of finding and following Jesus, if they're not in a place where they're able to say that Jesus is the Christ, the Son, of the living God, how, what would you coach them of how to lead that conversation? You
1: know, I think I think that's a great question. And we, we know that we have people who are going to be in the services, people that are going to be in community groups who are not at the same place. Um, there 's a line in there where he says, uh, "Blessed are you, Simon Barjona for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my my heavenly father revealed this to you so the first thing i 'd want to tell our, our community group leaders is like you you are not responsible for someone coming to understand who Jesus is, and that is a tremendous weight that they can like lift off their shoulders it's it 's not something that we have to accomplish from a stage or from a Bible study or from a community group because like we can 't and what we can do is present. And so we can sit with people, we can listen to people, we can point them to the Scriptures, but most of all, we can pray for them, that God would reveal um, who Jesus is to them, because that's the most important question they're going to answer. Yeah. But I think what I would tell them is, relax. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your job to convince them. You just keep pointing them to Jesus and listening to Him.
0: Yeah. I mean, it goes with the sermon from last week, right? the parable of the sower, the parable of the soils of, we're called to cast the seed and whatever soil it goes on and whatever growth it is, it's not on us, it's going to be the work of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Question number two is, what do you want? And this is one of the most simple and profound questions that there, there really is. And in this passage, specifically talking about, do you want the things of God or the things of man? So how would you, how would you wrestle through that, and how would you respond to that question for you?
1: Well, the the statement or the joke, I don't know which one it is, that that I make in the message, is like, we all know the right answer. Yeah. Like, if you're sitting around your community group and you're like, well, what do you want? Do you want the things of God or the things of man? Like, anyone who can read the room knows, well, I'm supposed to say the things of God. I, I think they, the trouble with this question for, like, me is, like, I, I know the things that I'm supposed to want, but it's in the moment, like what do I go with? Do I go with making a decision for comfort or do I go with making a decision for pleasure or do I go with making a decision just to scratch an itch that I have right now or do I make the hard decision that says, no, I'm, I'm going to lay aside those things and even willing to take a loss in an area because I know this is what God is calling me to long-term. And so um, it's it's an easier question to answer than it is to practice.
0: Yes, that is true. That is true. Yeah. For, for me, I mean, I would say, unfortunately it's both. Right. And it's just, it's that daily thing where I have to daily orient my, my mind, my heart to Jesus. Cause the things in the world bombard us, right? Like that's just like naturally where our flesh goes, any type of media, and it just, it just is so prevalent everywhere. So for me, I, it's just – it's this season I think that I'm in between I think be, being a dad and a husband and then also just with COVID and a lot of things with that. I would just say uh, there's been – the the things of the world have been just this desire for security, like security of finances of not only like now but also I want to make sure – You know, I can have college stuff for for Judah and future kids and, um, you know, cars are breaking down, all that type of thing. But also security with my time of with COVID as things change all the time, you know, you can have a great plan, but you might have to change it and like rework a bunch of stuff. So it's kind of like I just want the security to know, like, I'm going to be able to have this time off and this break and that type of thing and you just you just can't guarantee that. Um and then even just like security in your abilities of am I going to have the ability to be able to do the different things that are brought before me because there's been so much stuff in the last year that's like I don't know. I don't know how to do that. So that I would just say that's kind of a season I'm in right now.
1: It's it just those are great points Jeremy. You you think about money. Jesus spends so much time talking about money. Yeah. You cannot serve mammon or you can't serve God and money. And um Money's not a bad thing in and of itself. Like it's it's really how we live. We have to spend money to do things. We have to go to work to, to make money. But there's that fine line of like it becoming the thing in place of God where that becomes the thing I worship and I know that by it, it gets the most of my time, it gets the most of my talent, and it gets the most of my of my heart. And so it, it really is this fine line of going, no, I. these are the things God has called me to to be a husband. He's called me to be a father. He's called me to do these things. But I. those are all in step of being a child of God and keeping that first.
0: Final question is, is he worth it? And I mean, all, these, these three questions, they really build on each other, right? Um, you might have some of the phrases. I know in the run through, Joe had a couple like good phrases within this. But, you know, who do you say he is? That is the foundational question that then will determine what do you want. And if you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, then you definitely don't want the things of God. And even if you do, it's still like you have to wrestle through that. And then that leads to if the things you want are of God, it's going to then you're going to still have this evaluation of, is it worth it as things come up going off of last week again, as thorns come out and choke it up and if it's when rocks or if birds are coming in i mean all these things are coming at us so brent how would you respond to it is is he worth it
1: yeah so um a lot of times when i think about this passage and these concepts i also i also think about the rich young ruler Mm. who you know what 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 must i do to return to inherit eternal life and he's like well what do you think he's like i'm supposed to follow these commandments and do these things. And he's like, great. I've done those since I was a kid. (laughs) He's like, Oh, there's this one thing you lack and, um, go sell all you have and give it to the poor. And I don't think that's for everyone. I don't think that's like a ticket to heaven, but he knew that one thing that he couldn't give up. And so sometimes I, I wonder what that one thing is for me. Like, what is that thing that Jesus is saying? No, you need to pry that. You need to, you need to release that. Um, honestly, it's sports a lot of times for me is the thing that gets the best of my, my time or my attention. And I can lose myself in hours of watching games or reading about games and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I absolutely love sports, but if it's getting in the way of something that I feel he's calling me to do or an opportunity is put in front of me, like, is he worth it? Is he worth sacrificing something that I love? And I truly believe the answer is yes, but doing it is kind of the thing where you have those times where you fall and you have to get up again.
0: Yeah, for me, I guess I had less of the like a tangible thing, like your example. But for me, it was just kind of like, I the answer is yes. Is Jesus worth it? Absolutely. But I forget so fast. I just think about in Mark where the the, the scripture is. I believe, help my unbelief. Absolutely. And you, you read a passage like that. You're like, wait, you believe, help your unbelief. How can both be true at the same time? And That's how I feel in this too, of there's just stuff all the time that pops up that you don't realize it, but you're putting things ahead of Jesus. And it it is just constant, whether it is stuff, whether it is politics, I mean, whether it's family, whether it's sports, all this stuff. So... For me, it's a it's a constant evaluation and it goes back to the necessity of being God's word daily, mm-hmm. being in prayer daily, listening to the Holy Spirit daily, because you can get off course so quickly. It's scary. So for me, I guess maybe I need to process a little bit more about like what is maybe that thing, but for me it's more it more just reminded me of that daily practice of reorienting me to Jesus. Otherwise, it could be a lot of different stuff.
1: And I'm probably mixing up my C.S. Lewis like, metaphors, but he, he talks about like the eternal weight of glory yeah. and how we're going to get to heaven one day, and we are going to understand like all of the things that we've held off on, all the things that we've held back from, all the things that we chose not to experience here are going to pale in comparison to what it's like to be with him for eternity. And if we could picture that, it would make it a lot easier to understand. We have trouble picturing that sometimes, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times, that's what living by faith is. We we trust that it's going to be worth it because there's no one else better.
0: Brian, any closing thoughts before we pray for groups? No, I don't think so. All right, could you pray for our group leaders and we groups as they go into their times, dear Heavenly Father? Thank you for um, these community
1: group leaders, Father. They are they are on the front lines of ministry in our church. And they are wrestling with these passages, they are wrestling with concepts, they are wrestling with uh, people in their group who are thriving and who are struggling. And Lord, I pray that you just give them uh, perseverance, as we've been doing this for, I think, about eight weeks now. I pray that you give them courage to say things that they need to say. Pray Pray that you would give them just endurance to continue going that you give them wisdom and insight to, to help them make decisions and to lead. And Father, I pray that you would give them compassion to love these people that you have placed in their groups well. Lord, I pray that as groups get together and discuss what we're talking about in Matthew this week, that they would just have a clear picture of who you are, what you've called them to, and that they would be ready to follow you with all that they are, all their days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Just a couple reminders. I mean, really, the first thing is just a thank you uh, of uh, group leaders. You guys have responded so well to Cody, our new Cody Leakin, our new community groups director, as he's reached out to you. I mean, lots of, I mean, Cody's just said that his calendar is getting full of meetings as he's meeting with group leaders, which makes me happy on many different levels. So thank you for responding to that. I really appreciate that. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to to follow up with Cody and uh, meet with him and begin building that relationship. And if you have questions and challenges, feel free to share that with him as well. And then we're recording this on a Thursday. That's what we do each week. And so tonight's the deeper experience. We're excited excited to see how that's going to go. Joe has been prepping hard The screen is getting set up for tonight, so next week we'll give you an update on that. And then we're also going to be giving more information about something called the Bethlehem Experience. So I saw that you were on for this week, and I was like, I'm not going to ask Brian about the Bethlehem (laughs) Experience. (laughs) Brian does not know a lot about it yet, uh, but Joe does, and Joe's going to share a lot more about that um, as we prepare for the Christmas season. It's going to be good. It's gonna be really, it's gonna be really good. So, group leaders, thank you so much for leading your groups well. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Deeper Podcast. Where we're able to partner with you as you help lead your groups as they deepen the relationship with God, His Word, and people. Have a blessed week, and we will see you next time.